And now, it's time for Miss Weed Wiki Speaks. Weed Wiki, and you're joining me on the Miss Weed Wiki Speaks podcast. And today, my guest is none other than the clairaudient, intuitive, Reiki practitioner, and original bud sister, an attendee at our first inaugural high tea, Miss Joanne Gaskin. Joanne is a bud sister who I actually met through my business partner. Natalie um, at our high tea that we we hosted back in July and we've made some great connections there and it continued when we had our beach bonfire and offering to the moon that was a really great experience by the way Joanne but um, the way we connected particularly during that beach bonfire is why I wanted to get together with you one-on-one and talk to you about spirituality and and black women and how cannabis um works to bring us together and to uh, merge those two types of entities so thank you for joining me today and uh, joining me on my podcast i feel welcome thank you thank you for having this podcast oh well i i think that um you know we're going to talk a bit about our journeys in cannabis but there aren't enough of of people like you and I talking about cannabis here, especially in the Canadian cannabis, you know, federally legal across the country uh, space, you know? Absolutely. So we need to get more uh, dialogue out there because that's how people are going to become educated, I feel. Right. So thank you again. And um, I, I look at this as being more of a free-form discussion. We're going to talk. We're going to sesh. Um, there's a few things I've seen that I have questions about. So, you know, think of them either as like, you know, an icebreaker or, you know, a way to just, you know, um, get uh, give our audience a chance to get to know you better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, um, I, you know, when I came across your post as we follow each other on yeah. Instagram and you're, you know, you put different cannabis and the gym and cannabis and music and that was like... I want to talk to her, but I don't see, I don't see my lane. <laughs> and then? <laughs> and I just, I'm just saying, I'm like, how about me? I, you know, how about cannabis? And, and we bumped into spirituality, actually. Like, you know, I know that's where I am comfortable, but, um, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't actually see it as the topic, and I'm glad we did together. You know, I, I, I love that um, you acknowledge that what is initially, like when it comes to cannabis and for us in our community, it's not readily obvious, okay? The opportunities and the ways um, to come at this plant, the way to even embrace this camp, uh, this plant, you know, in our community, in our groups, in our families, the, the pathway to that isn't as obvious because there's so much to deal with with regards to our community stigma having been you know targeted and racially profiled over this plant yes so any way and every opportunity that we can get together and talk about the plant i think we're doing ourselves and our sisters and our brothers 
talk to me if you don't mind and tell our audience about how your your journey in cannabis got started. Let's start there. Uh, a long story and a short story. Okay. Right? It's a long story for a podcast. <laughs> We've got time. Uh, so I started smoking cannabis about five years ago. Although I've been around cannabis um, most of my life, mm-hmm. right? As you mentioned, you know, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about that later in terms of the stigma, right, around it. You know, um, so I was born in Trinidad. I, I, I you know. You don't say. <laughs> I'm, right, dual ethnic. I'm not really, you know, like I hold so much of my um, Trinidad culture here. My um, father was one of the people instrumental in bringing Caravana to Toronto. That is you know? a huge legacy. Um, huge. Right? And my l- legacy of, you know, we're not even... My sister was the first um, Caravana um, queen. You That's know, so. so huge. I mean, culturally... Uh, when, you, when I say that together, it sounds as if it's <laughs> nepotism, but it wasn't, okay? No, but you know, but, no, it was how, it, it, how Caravana was back then. Even in Montreal, because I grew up in Montreal, and in Montreal... We had our jump up, which we competed kind of with, with Caravana, right? Especially in the 70s That's and the 80s. Every year. Yes, right? You you probably yeah. went to the Montreal jump up, right? Absolutely. It, and I was 21 when I moved here. And it never occurred to me until years after I moved here that I could ever play in the parade. Like, it really, in Montreal, I think it, if I have to look back at it, it must have been just because I think in Montreal it felt culturally more trinidadian and because i'm bajan it just you know it wasn't in my family hey let's go play mass and this is how you do it i think that's something that toronto they do better here in that they embrace everybody coming to a a mass camp or a band and and enlisting and and originally so but yes it's had well i guess it had to because you know absolutely absolutely they if you want to grow you got to bring everybody else into your umbrella Especially when you're less than 5%. Absolutely. Right? And and if you think about it, for a, a population that is less than 5%, for you to have all of us hopping on board once a year to do this big festival, that's an achievement. You okay. know? It's a huge achievement. It's an achievement. That's why it was. We used to make, um, is it uh, top three in the happiest people alive? I can believe it. Okay. I believe it. Um, so how but, did it get, how did no, you get okay, personal? So, so like, so knowing that it's like Trinidad, it, you know, it's a Caribbean island, not as famous as Jamaica for smoking, but definitely, you know, people are smoking. So up here, you know, I, I used to hang around um, Afropan, which is the first um, pan side, you know, um, in Toronto specifically, probably in Canada as well. So here, you know, I'm growing up with um, um, Afropan. I was probably um, early teens, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's people smoking all around me. But the first time I remember cannabis is actually going to um, a black education project camp. And I was 11. And my friend from high school, who I've known since high school, and we went to that camp together. We always muse about being in the camp and the elders around the camp are smelling the smoke on them. 
you know, and they're they telling us, well, yeah, you know, you could partake, and we're like, no, we can't partake like this, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so already that's an early <laughs> conflict for you, right? Like you, you yeah. first saw the controversy of the plant, basically. Absolutely. That's what you're describing our stigma yeah. today. <laughs> you know, and so I went through all of my life. You know, I turned fifty, and I never smoked anything. Oh, I think I'm. If I, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do like Clinton and, and Barack, you know, yeah. I didn't inhale. Right, right. <laughs> right. I yeah. may have, uh, but I remember like my association with it was when I would be around it, I'd just feel sleepy. So, right. you know, it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Fast forward to um, 2015 and, you know, um, I want to say fast forward, like, I didn't smoke on the day of Michael Brown's death. I hadn't, you know, requested that I needed this medicine yet. Yes, okay. But there was something about his death that opened, that had me look yep. to, like, is this it <laughs> for us? Yep. Like, is it going, you know why am I feeling all this pain? Yep. And um, about a year after that, you know, in, in between that year, you know, I talked to different people. And I should say probably before that, actually, but that was probably the last straw that I hold it as. But before that, I remember, you know, as I turned 50, checking with a couple of my friends who smoked, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, teach me, teach me how to do that. And they were like, grown people, okay? And they were like, nah, I, I can't do that because, <laughs> because you've been so goody-goody all your life that if you start to smoke this and then you want to go further, they don't want to be responsible. So in their education right there, that's the miseducation. That, it's a, you know, it's a huge miseducation. The gateway drug, right? Right, but it, it's, it's so interesting to hear that grown people who use it still are going to perpetuate that to you. Like, if it's a gateway drug, I'm assuming they're your age. They didn't go down into cocaine hell. Like, okay. so why do they think it's going to happen to you? Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> How hilarious is that? You're right. And you know, they're all around us. Every, we, we really, because it is a plant as a medicine, as anything, it has been so covered underneath because we're hiding it from police. We're hiding it from persecution from relatives. We're hiding it from employers. Um, we don't even get to know what each other knows. So how do we even correct those misinformation and, and misconceptions if we don't even hear what you think right okay yeah yeah i'm fascinated i'm fascinated but i, I can I see hear it you. yeah i hear you you know and I, I, we didn't even talk about this you and i but you know as you talk you gave me a glimpse of how you started this this journey creating afro bud sisters and i'm like excuse me i didn't hear you say like I could hear sitting, I'm like, this is a great opportunity for women like me. So you have the women 
who smoke like me, yeah. and I'm saying the women who are turning 50, you know, or, or beyond, or and haven't, and they're just looking for that another access to what this life is about. Exactly, because it's been hidden from us. Okay. We can acknowledge that, right? Like, it is a hiding to a degree, especially when, look at even when you're asking and when you're seeking. And think about other women, other women who, you know, say you dated someone. Like, for me, my ex-husband was a smoker, and and I remember long after the marriage happened, I, I assumed, I don't know when I'll be smoking again, because I never went out and bought it. I had never bought my first weed until four years ago. And it was oh, literally wow. begging my cousin who was staying in the basement, could you get me, like, I just want a couple of splits. And I right? even said to him, they got to already be rolled because I don't even know how to do it. I always knew, it was always a guy who did it for me. It was whoever I dated, right? I never bought it myself. I never rolled myself. <laughs> and I gave him $40 and he gave me my first, what pretty much is a, probably a three and a half grand back then. I probably really overpaid for it. And... I still had to struggle. Like my cousin got me one of those raw rollers. I had to use right. YouTube to try to figure out how to use it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's when, if you want to get into cannabis and you have no clue, it's not easy. It's a, you're committing to something. It's easier today. Cause you can go and you can, you can buy pre-rolls, but four years ago, you'd be like, what am I going to develop a dealer, you know, relationship? <laughs> There's so many levels you just spoke to in speaking that. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I want to, like, I'm like, oh, this is really great. I think I need to have you live with me on IG. Absolutely. Whenever you're ready, let me. Have, have at me. <laughs> right. I'm ready, like, Friday. If We'll check calendars. Yeah, we'll check calendars. I know I have something Friday, I want to say around 9. But is it okay. earlier? Maybe we can figure that out. Yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah. Because I'm just like, anyway, you know, so as you say that, I'm, it's like your womanhood, it's your blackness, it's your um, economic levels. Yep. It's all, it's all the oppression and patriarchy on top of it in yes. our bodies. You know what I mean? Because even as we did this show, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to roll it and light it and smoke it before it starts. Right. Like, why am I still doing that? In a free Canada where it's legalized. You can do it while we're talking. And you know what? Right. Let's be honest. On other shows with other demographics, they don't, it, it's not a, it's not even a thought for them. It's expected they're going to light up while they're doing it. They're going to roll again. Where they're going to, you know, it, it's, it's culturally more acceptable in white culture, for example. Absolutely. So they don't have, it's not um, a, if we're going to do it on camera or, you know, it's expected. They're going to do it on camera. It's, it's natural to them, you know? Whereas, yeah, for you and I, it's like, are we really going to do this? Oh, yeah, we could do it. We could do it. Like, <laughs> so I'm saying, you know, so here it is, 2015, and I decide, you know, I'm going to find someone. And I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to get it done. And that's what you did? How did you do that? How did you find somebody? I didn't have somebody? to go far. Yeah. I didn't have to go far. Okay. I found someone. Okay. Who thought it was hilarious that I had, you know. Yeah. And someone who, um, like, 
respects Rasta tradition. Right. And there's something to that because I, not to interrupt it, I had a bit of reluctance too with weed or I, I had a bit of ambiguity years ago because I thought, am I appropriating something by using the plant, right? Again, it's the information out there. Are we all allowed to use it or are you supposed to embrace the right. religion behind it, you know? and Exactly. Right? And it was like, which is, a lot, you know, because I'd had my hair in dreadlocks like early in the 2000s mm-hmm. before I turned 50. And at that time, I was only dreadlocks again and not dread. Right, <laughs> right. So I'm yeah. still not a practicing Rastafarian, but equally I, you know. But you observe a lot of it, it, it at least culturally, some of it. I, I recognize that yeah. some of their indigenous practices are my indigenous practices, you know? That, yes. that, that's what it is. Because, right. you know, the our origins in the diaspora are still the same, right? It there was just so a many, different route. So many similarities. And yes. then there's also, you know, the, the, the crush or cover of the Abrahamic faiths. Yes. And their information pressed upon us by our, our ancestors who thought that they had to, to take on somebody else's stuff in order to, to be safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And actually, you're going into something that um, gives me a great opening. Um, what is a clairaudient? I, I've never heard that term. I've heard clairvoyant. So I believe they're like, I think there are five clairs, but I don't know. Clairaudient, which is to Auditory, hear. yeah. Right. Um, clairvoyant, which is to see. Clair... Um, why can I say the other clairs? There are there are, there are other clairs. Are okay. they all associated with the senses? Yeah. Okay. The extra. The five um, or six senses. Sensory, yeah, perceptions. Okay. Yeah, okay. they absolutely are. Um, so, and I think that yeah, that's probably definitely the the. Um, one of the things for me with cannabis is that it isn't that I couldn't always hear, right? Which is what clear audience is the mm-hmm. ability to actually hear, I would say on different frequencies. Right. Okay. Okay. And, um, like different planes too. Are we talking like astral planes or planes of cautious consciousness? Probably, yeah, because, you know, one of my conversations is like, I used to fly in my dreams and I had a series of deaths in my life um, in my mid twenties. And I basically said, fuck you, God, like, fuck you. You know, you're supposed to be around here. You know, so like, I would have it like I had we had conversation back and forth. I knew her and she knew me and I knew yeah. she loved me. But you want, until... you needed to challenge her. You had a challenge or a crisis of faith. Absolutely. My best friend died, you know, of cancer I at 26. So I am so sorry. That's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, and like that, um, my grandfather died shortly after and a friend of mine committed suicide. So it was like, mm, mm, mm. I was done. Like, yes. 
No, and and I I don't know. Right. You have so much strength to make it through something like that. It's a lot. It's a lot. So the part of me that was, you know, believing in the spirit and the truth and, you know, didn't have um, any issues with any, you know, being part of the church, mm-hmm. like really dropped it. I got back into the church after um, my daughter was born, like a, maybe in her early teens. Okay. I found an alternative type of church to, you know, to make sure that she got the information that my ancestors, you know, also did. Right. But it was a church that taught you, it was, um, they have, it's in Toronto, it's um, Calverity Center for Better Living. Oh, okay. And it teaches, you know, the idea that God is in you. Okay. Right? Like, you know... Christ is an idea, not right. a person. Right. This was a person who understood and was able to connect with the idea of Christ. Right. So think of it like Siddhartha became the Buddha when he found the the access to enlightenment. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. And even though I was in those teachings and I understand those teachings, I wasn't practicing and really being present to... <laughs> Okay. I'm one with the universe. The universe is one with me. You know? Okay. And did cannabis and, change that? Pardon? And did cannabis? How did cannabis change that? Cannabis changed it in in that. Cannabis changed it in that now I cannot not hear. I get okay. that you because you the filters. There's fewer filters. Between Absolutely. the truth right? and what you're seeing. I, I, I very well, yeah, okay. Really great how you, you captured that. I, you know, the, before I could have, you know, I, I just wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is a, like I didn't spend the time to listen. But once you hear, you cannot unhear. You, know, you're you right. can't unhear. And I remember one of the first, one of the, after the first, after getting through the discomfort of learning my level with smoke, right? Because, you know, as you say, everybody comes with things differently. And I think, um, so part of the reason I would have said I didn't smoke before that is because I never really got high, <laughs> right? And I, I, I want to put like high, like, not like a Sean Penn or or one of those stupid white boy movies. You right. Know? Because there's that too. There are different but, levels and there's different highs. And okay. now we understand that terpenes, you know, and, and cultivars really are the, the things that distinguish that. It's so true. Before, three years ago, when, when I stepped foot in a dispensary, mm-hmm. I had no clue there were different types of highs. I assumed the stronger the high, first of all, Highs typically had me going to sleep. It was just going to be a matter of how long before I got to that point. And I invariably had the munchies. The stronger the high, the more likely I was going to eat down the place. That was what I associated it to. So um, with those being so frequently the outcome with me, oh, and and great lovemaking, but with those being the outcomes, 
I started looking at it. Obviously, I conditioned myself to looking at it as only needing it when I wanted those things. If I needed to sleep, <laughs> if I wanted to eat down the place, or for, you know, a, a deeper connection during lovemaking. But no, strains and cultivars and terpenes. I, I, I can smoke all day. The, the cultivars and the, the turnkey. So I hope your podcast will go more into... Like oh, what? yes. I definitely plan to have guests that, you know, will be able to get into deeper discussions and um, about what different terpenes, the interactions. It's... Terpenes is very... It's personal, okay? And I would encourage if it's something you want to get into, um, it comes down to dialogue like identifying what you're smoking and cataloging the effects if that makes sense so if you know for example a high thc content combined maybe with a certain indica strain is going to make you sleepy you're not doing that at one o'clock in the afternoon that doesn't mean there isn't a great cannabis strain that is perfect for you at one o'clock in the afternoon right absolutely yes CBDs are highly recommended by medical and non-medical professional cannabis professionals because there's such a low lower psychoactive effect that mm-hmm. it, 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 it's hard to come up with a reason why like you can't function under CBD. If you have an issue with a psychoactive effect in a CBD, it's got to be with your inner endocannabinoid system. Really, which is something I recently found out. Right, but but you right? got to understand, like medical cannabis has been around since two thousand one in Canada, so right. that's not a lot of a long time to have data accumulating. And you know, I hear you, but I also know that the U.S. has been doing research on hemp the hemp plant and yes. cannabis since the 1940s. Right. Well, they there was a bigger push to get hemp basically mm-hmm. covered or, or legalized because of, you know, like it was long considered. It's a wonder product, right? It's a wonder plant. It, it can, it's a great uh, building material. Um, like I, Like there's so many other functions for hemp. Exactly. It's strong. It's, you know, you can use it as rope. You can use like so many things, right. you know? So, um, for it and the distinction between hemp and regular cannabis, it's, it's, it's cannabis. It's the the THC hemp has less than 0.3% THC. That's the definition of hemp. So if you have, if you are a cultivator of CBD and you've never wanted to have any THC or psychoactive effects, you, you have CBD products for whatever reason you, or whatever wellness or what, you know, whatever's motivating you. You don't have to have THC in your plant. Right. Really. Right. So, um, and that's why too, uh, with, in Canada, there is like legislation for hemp as well. And it's actually easier to get hemp, you know, licensing versus say cannabis. Once you're getting into the psychoactive properties of the plant, that's when you're going to, you know, medical, well, government wants to do more oversight. Right. And I think the psychoactive properties specifically or just the idea of that is what keeps people at bay yes. on one hand and interested on the other exactly you know I mean? yes um, yes and and that's what i was gonna say so one of the first times i remember you know actually smoking with my um my trainer <laughs> i would call it your 
Your cannabis trainer. Yes, I love it. I love it. Is that is that um, we were sitting in my backyard and all of a sudden I was, you know, I was like, whoa, okay. So when you talk about the different planes and I was like, okay, so you know that scene from the Matrix? I'm like, I've got it. I can see it. Yes. I'm like, I can see that they're what they look and why they would talk about string theory. I could see how things, you know, and I'm like, I didn't think, you know, I, I said, I'm like, I didn't think that this was supposed to do this. I thought, you know, when they, hi, I'm like, it always looks like people are goofy, but all of a sudden I really got like so many levels of information that I had obviously blocked out. And is that how a clairaudient becomes, comes into being then? Well, if that, that's more than a clairaudient probably. Okay. 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 No, I understand. <laughs> and you know, there's a part of my, my being that is still resisting all of that energy, you know, because that, that's definitely more than a, somebody asked me, the other day if, um, if I do or I know anyone who can tell them anything about past lives and I was just like nope and, you know and it, was like, it was like I know mine but I don't know if I can tell you yours wow. <laughs> you know yeah I so, learned um I saw a medium um about a year and a half ago and uh she told me mine as well or at least her theory of it right and um uh, it was an interesting experience. It's one I I might revisit again, but actually going down the the um, spirituality rabbit hole with you. What what pulled you towards it? What pulled me towards cannabis? Well, spirituality and 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 both of them together. Okay. To say that you know, like so, <laughs> it isn't. Let me put it in a really spiritual way. Okay. <laughs> okay sure. It isn't pulled me towards it like we're we're it. We're in it. You know the the I think of the finding Nemo kind of thing. You don't know that you don't there's no separation from yourself and water. Right. Or right? it's okay, now tell me if I'm wrong. Is it like that realization? In the living room of the Oracle, when the kid said there is no spoon on the Matrix? A lot of people, have, you know, and I'm like, it's it's like, it, yeah, and, <laughs> and not, right? Because so one of my first favorite activities in life was sex, when I first had sex, okay? okay? Yeah. It was a great experience, and it wasn't a great experience, no. right? But, you know, luckily enough, I was an interested student at that time. Okay. And again, my trainer at that time, both of us were, both of us were um, curious, right? Mm -hmm. And sex gave me an insight to spirit that I didn't know existed before. And I was nobody, I was like, I can't believe no one told me this. Okay? Like the secret was revealed, right? And then you get cannabis. 
and you, you, I could recognize, oh my gosh, this experience is also available here. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. No. And when you're getting most spiritual, for example, I'll, I'll let our audience know, we had um, a beach bonfire. It was in August. And uh, Joanne picked the night. Like we kind of, I think the night was a, just a coincidence really, but it happened to be the night of the full moon. And Joanne approached me and was like, hey, we want to come to the bonfire. Can we do an offering to the moon? And I'm like, moon? I'm with it. Bunch of women, black women, weed, beach, moon, and a fire? Say less. Let's go. Right. And um, tell us a bit of what your intentions were that night. I mean, like even if it just sets the stage for everybody. So picture we're in the Whitby waterfront, which is a suburb outside of Toronto, but on the shores of Lake Ontario, basically. And it's an August summer night. I will send the picture that I took that night of the sea and the beach and the sky so that you could use it. Will do. Because um, when I intended and I, you know, when I saw your post and for that the gathering, it didn't come to me, as you said, until it came to me and one of my um, spiritual advisors is the moon when she's at her fullest and probably all the time but (laughs) when she's at her fullest there is definitely a call for me to serve okay right how what are some of the ways that call speaks to you oh i wish i could i wish i could describe what hearing and listening and knowing is okay right and and let me is for me okay because that's one of the things that um that's one of the things that i do in my practice is that i want my clients to know that i'm here listening them so i'm listening you khadija so you could hear yourself better Okay, so you're almost like a mirror and a conduit to themselves. Right, I am not here to teach you anything. Okay, and by the way, just for the audiences, Joanne is also a Reiki therapist, so a practitioner. So I think that's what you're you're touching into in terms of your clients as well. I I, I believe. Well, ooh, this Reiki is a whole new level now. Like I always knew that I had and felt energy Mm -hmm. you know um i remember reading um i'm not even reading eckhart toll's book um a new earth like i just came through it like i was looking for him to tell me the thing that i already knew but i wanted to know if he knew it it's for him to confirm (laughs) it yeah yeah and you know i'm just like finally in the last few pages he talked about who would be there and who we are you know and he mentioned it and i'm like oh that's me i could do that and yeah i could do that and i could you know this is what i was like oh so it is like i had these gifts i didn't name them okay you know i i found them intruding on my life because like maybe god had planned for me to do it before i was 25 but 
you know, when that intersection came, as I said, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And and now, Khadija, I'm at the point where it's like, you know, when your mother, Caribbean people hold you in the back there and say, move on, you know, go on. To, when they push you, it's like, wow, yeah. they're there. And, you know, it's not as hard as I'm describing it because it's a loving push because I have been fucking resisting for 25 years but the part of you wants this oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, there's so many parts the part of me knows that it is mine here to do now right and the other part of me who knows all the lives that i've lived said oh my god not again <laughs> you know yeah. like why didn't you take the why didn't you take the long straw? Yeah. You know, you're always, you know, deciding you're going to come in as a black woman who wants to talk spirituality, smoke cannabis and say you could fuck who you want. Like, don't. But why not them. all of it? Why not right. all of it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, make the yoke to bear big. Well, because we're already carrying the load anyway. Right. Speaking right? of, do you get asked if you're a feminist? Um, no. Nobody I, ever asked you that? People don't have to. Okay. So, um, so how, so it wouldn't bother you? You'd be happy. I am a feminist. Okay. Um, yeah. do you make any distinction between the whole, um, because, and, and the reason why I'm asking is I, I consider, I am a feminist too. But I do sometimes see, especially on social media, and in on pages and in discussions within our community, at least up in in Canada, um, there's a there's sometimes a sentiment amongst our sisters to um, deny being a feminist and almost denounce it. And so, I, I have have you noticed any of that, or is it just in the circles I tread? So it is um, probably in the circles you tread. Okay. Like, I the circles... And it's I, not prevalent. I'm just saying there's a... No. And, you know, my circle is small. Okay. My circle is small. And it isn't that... Um, can I think of anyone in my circle who would even... No, not in this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and... And, um, and probably they are, <laughs> but that is not, that is not, um, the conversations I have with them, nor would they bring it with me. Like I have a, a, a friend who is in seminary school now, you know, um, born again, Christian and like, we're good friends, but we know what level of our spirituality to, to be in discussion with. And what right? topics to avoid. Absolutely. Right. Okay. You know, I've yeah. known this person. This person introduced me to um, one of the organizations that brought me back to myself. Okay. So even before cannabis, you know, back in 2010, I had a, a, a opportunity to um, go to an international black summit event. And then in that event, recognize that I could hear at different levels that people in the room couldn't. Right. And that, you know, doing so made me feel good. So okay. not just that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cannabis took that hearing to another level in that 
I could really touch the truth of the the spirituality that my ancestors are right here now. Mm-hmm. No, I I can appreciate that. And not in a not in a ooh or or you know what I mean. Just in like as I said and. No, my ancestors are right here now, and this is a cup. Like, you know, all of it. Right. Now, and, and the ancestors and the connection to that is so important. And maybe, and I, I should clarify, when I'm saying it's the circles, it's more of the social media conversations I wade into, you know, in my networks. It's not like, you know, I'm having tea with people in my house and they're downing feminism because... Yeah, I don't think they would come over. <laughs> they, they already know where I stand on that. <laughs> I know what you mean. And this is probably one of the reasons I'm not on, on Facebook as much as I used to be. And But, you know, that per, that protects your peace, right? Right. Yeah. And even the, the spiritual groups that I got involved with here in Toronto in the early is, you know, it was good and bad because I got a chance to play. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Like, then I found out later, oh, some of them smoke, so great, you know, and then others don't. And it's like, like, you can't mix the two because it means something bad. I don't, you know. Right. Which now creates a bunch of rules for what, right? A, a bunch of rules. And it's, when the know, spirit isn't meant to be driven or directed by rules, so. Not even the rules. It's just like, you know, people would like question, well, how do you know it's, it's spirit and it's not weed. But what do you think the weed's giving you? It's not... Like, <laughs> I'm like, it is, weed isn't giving me anything. I know, it doesn't it's give you. It's connecting me because that's yes. what, you know, plants do. Right, I know, <laughs> but... but down, they connect. Yes. You know, that's, that is one of their, their um, gifts. Right. to us right we think that they're just here to give you know there so many gifts oxygen da, 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 you know like so many gifts right right oh anyways yeah so so that has always been um you know another conversation well you know and and it's not it's like so sometimes i am specific like you know okay the, I don't need to smoke today, right? Because I don't need to smoke today. But I think where we were, and I want to go back, is we created that night. It was a full moon. We went down uh, there. There were people that weren't necessarily holding the vibration, right? And the moment they left, we could be present. Yes. To, well, we know, we could connect and then lift. It's so true. Absolutely. But um and interestingly in that in that situation too, um I know there was um actually I don't want to get too much into it because not all the audience is gonna understand it, but um we have we're so used to as black women being um messaged that we have to shrink ourselves. Right. The right? Or make a or make allowances or excuses to want for for our need to be there and um i i this year it's 2020 it's just changed like and i think cannabis gives at least in my case gives me the the uh, it takes away my inhibitions and my fear 
to live in that truth and to live in my honesty. That's great. You know, um, whereas um, functioning, especially in a corporate environment, the way I did, um, you you have to you have to bend yourself up, right? You gotta you gotta bend and contort yourself into everybody else's expectations of you, that right? Is so that is so correct. And um, even when you become good at it, it's still a bend. And if it, if it gets easier to bend, it's because now you've morphed into that. But that right. doesn't necessarily mean that was your original intention and purpose. Right. Right. So yeah. um, I think cannabis helps. Like I said, it, it, it takes away the inhibitions that we, we that become crutches for us. And it lets us get that clarity because it, it it's clearing the fog in a lot of ways. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, what what is a pleasure activist? in your eye because I want to be a pleasure activist and but I'll, I'll tell you straight up if I looked at pleasure activists the traditionalist might say isn't that hedonism okay <laughs> no but I mean like what is it so so I, I guess I just showed my hand that's what I thought for a, a small second what a pleasure activist is isn't that what a somebody who's about the pleasure of things isn't that Traditionally considered a hedonist? Um, and I, again, I say, okay. <laughs> no, 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 like you don't care. <laughs> like, you know. So talk to us about that. If you, if you call me a tomato or you call me a tomato and you eat me and I'm sweet, what's the difference? What? Exactly. <laughs> so when did you decide or when did you f discover you were a pleasure activist? So I discovered that the moment I found out that sex was not the evil thing that, you know, life had told me that it was. So when or you found I, that out, you were okay with it? You weren't worried about all the layers of, of propriety that's put on us as women? Um, when I found that out, I was okay with the understanding of it for me. Okay. When it shifted um, was after I had a daughter okay. and I had to educate her. Tell so us about that. recognizing the non-education that I got about sex and sexuality, mm -hmm. um, I had already decided to bury that trauma and not have her have to experience that. I've, you're the second person in maybe seven days who has said that to me, that having a daughter triggered their need to unpack and break their generational trauma. Right. Um, and I wonder how often it is the daughter versus son. I wonder if the gender has anything to do with it. I remember it. And there are multiple genders. <laughs> right. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. Right. That's true. So, That's true. Right. So here, me giving my daughter access to um, understand and be loving to her, her own sexuality, that when she started and learning and growing, she was able to re-educate me now. Okay? That is a beautiful circle. That's the, the circle. Yes. So to understand, 
you know, queerness and transness and non-binaryness and, you know, all of it. And none of it. And asexuality. And her and I created um, this um, YouTube channel and a YouTube experience called Condoms and Candy. Wow, and is is it discussing all these topics in, in detail? Yeah, where we talk about sex and sexuality. So that was, so, and that's my activism because, you know, the role of mother and daughter talking about sex. And, you know, it was like, we we hold a lot of shame and we talk about stigma. Oh, tons, tons. Shame, right? You know, on so many levels for so many things, Right. So that's the, that's the, we do that live as well now on IG. Um, okay. And not so much about sex um, anymore, but, you know, we'll still do a segment on that. Not the way that we actually went at it in, um, in condoms and candy back, you know, in 2012. So that's where I, the activism part so from eight years ago, that's a long time. And you're, so you're discussing gender as well, right? And um, yeah, yeah, I know. I think the probably the only topic, and there were lots of topics we didn't talk about. Yeah, you know, and we created and we did lots of workshops on like you know different things, um, university level to um, um, a lot of queer space level um, talks and. Um, we really wanted to get into, and then I don't, you know, life happens. Like, you know, actually talking to your kids about sex, because that was one of our first conversations, you know. How like old was she at the time? Yeah, what was her experience, yeah. How old was she at the time when you first had those convos? Um, I think her our conversations, she's all, she always was and still is a really smart um, individual, um, I would say around eight or even before eight. Yeah, that is, and that yeah. I really want to commend you for that. Um, as a mother, like first of all, like you said, you had to attack the uneducation you got and the things you weren't told, so that you could give your daughter more tools than you were given. But you had to still learn that yourself and process it in order to give her that information. But also your openness to learning from her when the time came for you to be the student. It is so hard in our community for the older generation sometimes to want to listen to learn from their children, I find. And would you, know, you agree or like um, do you think I'm wrong in that is like at least that's you know, my experience anecdotally. I don't, I, I, still inside the conversation of feminism like not right or not wrong yeah and those i got that those spaces exist yeah like you know the the space of you know me not wanting to comb or braid or straighten my daughter's hair you know was a source of um <laughs> trauma yeah in the household and i and i laugh not intentional you know, it ended up being for trauma for for her with me not recognizing it, but also looking for that place of giving her the freedom that I didn't have to be. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. So, um, you know, I still find myself now, you know, and I don't even want to say 
liberal ideas and that's what you know it like it gets like you and your liberal ideas joanne and i'm like is it liberal to believe that you know we all had a, a right to live and be happy like but is this that is liberal? well and i think because of your ele- elevated spirituality you get the comment like the you see the nonsense for what it is in that sense or the indoctrination but she's showing you how deeply we are indoctrinated as sisters and, and brothers in this community. And you're right, the, it, it is about the patriarchal system as well, right? And it continues to reinforce this for us. So the work becomes ours, you know? It, it's not the men in our community and our families that are rushing to unpack, you know, to change these chains and to right. change these patterns. We have to A, identify it. We have to repair and heal and fix for the future generations. That's a lot to carry. Oh, and by the way, you know, most disrespected on the the food chain of humankind. (laughs) And like all of those things, I hear you and I, and I, and I, I, I'm like going to say, I'm not willing to hold like even spiritual elevation versus, you know, um, liberated more. I'm not willing to hold because I have it like Harriet. Yeah. You know, was Harriet more spiritually elevated to know that she had to get free? No. No. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. And you know, yeah, you are. You are absolutely correct. We have so and have been indoctrinated for so long that it's harder for some of us to recognize that and to like shake it off like to realize that is no longer mine to carry you know right you know and it's the the baggage the baggage i spent so much of my 20s scared of accumulating baggage wow you know by the time erica badu's bag lady came out i was like no i don't want that to be me like (laughs) no but it's so true. Like when you think of what we carry spiritually from little girls, from our childhood into you know our adolescence, and then into womanhood, and into our relationships, and then parenting, it's it's a lot. And then, like I said, add on the you know the racism and the microaggressions of okay. the outside world. <laughs> we're we're damn lucky we can bend. Exactly. They've been trying to break us. Well, but you know, it's one of my superpowers, I say. Flexibility and, you know, you bend, you don't break. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Felicia, like that's the work too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing where your power is. Yes. And reclaiming it. That is so true because spirituality is about identifying and acknowledging that power. And we spend a lot of time as black women having to prove to everybody our power that we forget that it's in us, right? Like we have to wear it like an armor for so many other people that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. that you can open this gift now. Mm-hmm. You don't got to prove fuck to nobody. Nobody. Like just, like 2020 
has showed me so many things from the simple that people would prioritize toilet paper over people <laughs> to, yeah. to the profane of governments spinning on a dime and changing their behavior. Yeah. So when they say they can't, they can. Right. 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 So, and it is, and there's where the, the Reiki came in <laughs> because I did um, Reiki one last year again on a, a little whim. Well, let me go because I know I can have energy in my hand. I can feel it like it isn't a ball of fire, but, you know, I could recognize when um, spirit is in the room and what energy in me has changed based on and and not a lot of people can do that right if they're being aware consciously right yes so again not special just just present you know that's part of the work do you just meditate me. a lot i don't meditate a lot i meditate more than most okay <laughs> you know okay. i i can sit for 60 minutes in meditation okay. you know um and I meditate by spending time in with nature. Yes. You know, I recognize for me that it's it's not about the addition. Like I don't walk and play music. You know, I I walk to walk. When I'm in nature, I'm in nature, being with nature. You know what? It, you know, so mm -hmm. I could just rest a blanket on the ground and be out you know am i yeah you know and maybe all, all of that is like you know you i grew up as a trinidadian kid so i was always sensitive right but not recognizing that sense you know what i mean yeah oh, yeah. yeah you know how what is it i can't even remember the word um because we didn't say special but there were something else you know okay. your sister is something else yes 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 <laughs> you know like yeah. caribbean yeah. people yes. like like it's not a good thing no exactly it's like it's almost like the way they would have said my grandmother would have said touched touched in the mind like you know okay yes. right yes <laughs> you know you know so and so i slow they're just different yes <laughs> it's always that right and it's because you're not going along with the, the, the masses, right? You're not conforming. And then also not even recognizing that a lot of the people around you, they are special too. And they are not owning that either. Right. And sometimes one of the, the first things I think I learned to protect myself in 2020 is not arguing with people that want to be willfully ignorant. And I'll give you examples. I, you know, I'm, I'm online a lot. Even before starting Bud Sisters, I was a, you know, a moderator and an admin in a pretty big um, black mom space. And I learned that, you know, I have to choose the battles I weigh in my opinions with and how hard I want to defend them. Because sometimes you go down rabbit holes, right? And that's an energy loss. And I realize that. So... Because And then I would get mad at myself because why am I heated? This person doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. Well, right. 2020, it was like, no, I don't owe people explanations. 
when I know what I know, I know it. And those who know me will know. And those who don't can kick rocks. Right. You know, um, but it, it's the, I don't know. uh, Yes. I don't know people explanations. I really don't. I'm, I'm a, you know, and it's understanding the power that you give people when you keep explaining yourself to them. Right. Because then they translate that, that you want their approval and you don't need their approval. No, you know, as, as Toni Morrison said, not even that you want their approval. The whole game of racism is just to waste your time. Yes. It's a distraction. You're yeah, right. it's a distraction. And, you know, and I'm not even, like, I put there racism, but of course, yeah, we have people within our communities that are also working, you know, um, on the side of white supremacy. Because <laughs> I'm starting to call those <laughs> agents of chaos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm holding my breath for the, the next, what is it, three weeks till the U.S. election? Like... Part of wow. me wants to like pop some popcorn, and the other part of me is like, "Am I too close to the border? Do I need to move further north?" The popcorn has already been popping. The popcorn is popping. Listen. <laughs> those of us in the energy community is just like, okay. I don't, you know, that part of the, the roller coaster. I used to love roller coasters. I just used to love roller coasters. What part was your favorite part of the roller coaster? When you get right, not at the top, but the, the, the drop in your belly. So that, so that you like the belly drop, that first belly drop. Yeah, the first belly drop, you know, then I could, that I would let, you know, again, in my home, I couldn't swear, right? So that, you know, I would say every word, every word, every word, motherfucker! You know, I would get to scream at my highest, you know. So even now I'm saying- Did anyone around you, Joanne, ever notice what you were saying? Like, did you get to the end of the ride and someone said, what the hell is that? Of course. I remember <laughs> once going to, you know, and this is a grown person, but going to the CNE and doing it, and, you know, my friend not going the ride with me and saying, I heard you, you know, I heard you when you were up at the top up there. I was like, <laughs> I was hey, like, for me. The last, um, the last roller coaster I was on, I think my son made me go on Leviathan, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Like now, I think the minute he hit eleven, I was like, "You're just get, we're gonna bring you in a buddy because I'm not your I'm not going on roller coasters right. anymore." Right. Um. I the Leviathan wasn't bad, but one time I took my son and I think we hit six or seven roller coasters. By the time we did the last one, it was a reverse loop de loop, and I felt sick. I I had to puke in a in a garbage pail in the parking lot and. It was the longest drive home from Maple. <laughs> I'm tell you, one of the reasons in the 80s I used to, so I came up here very young. I won't tell you the age, but okay. and in the 80s I'd go back to Trinidad every year. You know, I'd spend like months there. Okay. Right? And um, each time, like after I came back and I'd be like terrified because um, my sister's brother-in-law at the time, my sister um, lives there. 
not brother-in-law, father-in-law. He was a mechanic with one good eye. Oh. <laughs> and I would drive with him. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that's taking your life in your hands, isn't it? <laughs> so when I came back, before that, I used to be scared of roller coasters, and then I just like, I'm like, oh, this is safer than driving with him. <laughs> That's a really cool and yet horrifying <laughs> way to come to the realization of how dangerously you lived your life. <laughs> you know, and still still needing to get that energy out of my body. Exactly. Because you got to yeah. put it somewhere, right? It's about yeah. the energy displacement and, and putting Absolutely. it somewhere. So, so, yeah. That's amazing. Um, If you could smoke have a smoke session with anybody living or dead well who would you who would it be in this moment i want to steal my daughter's but i won't i'll tell you hers after okay oh i never really thought of this oh ah is there a location maybe that helps you if there's a spot you'd want to smoke at like like a setting Maybe we set up the scene and then you can tell me who the person is with you. Okay. Hmm. Where are we? The, the, uh, Where's the scene of your perfect sesh? The lo yeah, no, I, 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 could I say that after though? Okay, sure. I'm say that after because, you know, yeah, only because it kind of climax my year and and our meeting in in with me okay so um at first i didn't know who and i thought of bob marley because he's bob marley right and you know he i would say single-handedly brought you know weed to the world right um not true but you know one of those good feeling things yeah and then I thought, nah, Lord, he would be such a prick in real life. <laughs> I was going to, you know, would he be able to keep his hands off of you? Like, would you be like, look, stop, stop. I'm not, you know, would it be like, can you imagine? Would he be like, hey, Dota? Like, you know, no, no, that would be breaking your heart. You're right. Some things you just don't want to know for sure. I just don't want to know. So then, you know, then my mind um, just went to, I'm just like, probably to Toni Morrison. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she smoked weed because, you know, her books. Yes. Like, so easy and not easy because I didn't always find them easy to read. You know, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, her. I love right. that choice. And where would you guys be smoking? Um. So when I thought of the where, as we were in in Whippy on this fine um, end of summer day on that full moon night and the sky looked like um, what did it look like? It, it, it looked like the best ice cream would taste. Yes. Right? Yes. And it had a kind of it had a kind of candy. Fluffy. Candy. It was fluffy, airy Yes. Fluffy, airy pinks and purples and mauves yes. and 
all the things that lavender you know, was so prevalent in the right? sky that all day. All the things that when you're 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 when you're stimulated and your vulva is happy, it you know it feels. It was a feminine. You know what? When yeah. I especially there's that picture. There's a picture I'm picturing, and I'll try. I'll attach it to the social media with this podcast too to reference it. But there's a picture, and the sky actually does feel like a like a womb of femininity. There was that moment right before, like right at sunset, where there was a lot of pink in the sky, and it blended. And yeah, it was yeah, beautiful. and the water was calm. Yes, and the beach was sandy. And if no one told us, or you know, if if not for the clothes we were in, people wouldn't know whether we were in Jamaica, Trinidad, Nevis, Bahamas. And that's anyway. my that's why I love that beach because right? at the right moment, you don't know where I'm at. You really right. don't. The other day, I was there um, for sunrise, and the waves. There were waves, and I was like, just even listening. This could have been the Atlantic. Okay, not, you know, the exciting part of the Atlantic, but it could be the right, ocean. Right, right, You know, on the deeper part of the bay, maybe, you know? Right. It's a very beautiful area, and you're right. It it just feels endless. The water feels... It, and, and with that is the infinite possibilities. You know, it is the... And the, and the water for us... Like, uh, you know, I've been, I recently posted a thing about water, but our ancestors, as Beyonce says, something like, we own the shores. Yes. We own the shores. The water, like the moon, because the moon control, they call us. Yes. Right? So on my best night, you know, on my experience in 2019 was being on the Caribbean shores. You're saying the Atlantic, but you want that Caribbean ocean, honey. Oh, I've been there too. I've been there too. It's just and, that um, it, it's, that's a plane ride away, you know? Right, I yeah. got you. Whereas I'm, I've also been to the ocean just driving to it. So, right. yeah. And you know, the, the, the full canopy of stars, the warm feeling all over your body. Yes. And cannabis just to to um, free you. Yes. Just to free you from that body. Yes. No, I love this setting because it's exactly what is. That's a beautiful setting, and I love your your guest choice. So thank you for for, you know, sharing that. Um, the last question I know I have um, probably. I may have a, a stab at knowing the answer, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. It's more of a, it's a, it's a, a this or that type of question. But what do you prefer, sunrise or sunset? I'm going to assume the perfect spot being by the water. That's your happy place. If you had to choose, what's your favorite, sunrise or sunset? So... I'm not going to say that the water is not my happy place. Okay. Like, I feel really good there. And um, recently, I have enjoyed some Ontario sunrises, <laughs> you know, and um, 
and I've enjoyed some some sets. And so far, both, wow, both very resonant. Both had unique and different frequencies. Okay? Yeah. If I had a favorite place, it would be um, my, oh, I, I, I can't, I, I don't have a favorite because I love, I love sitting by a creek. Okay. Okay. I love sitting by a creek, um, which I try to find all the different creeks. You know, there's so many walking trails. Um, recently I, I hiked up and I found a, a quiet space in the middle of the forest and I just, I, I just love all of it. Okay. <laughs> So is your are you saying your official answer is you can't pick between sunrise or sunset? I I I can't and I won't and um even in the middle of the day when it's noon right you know and the sun is beating down I think that might be my least favorite. Yeah. Right, but yeah, the the sun and the moon and the and the all of it, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, we've been talking with Joanne Gaskin, and um, she's a clairaudient, a Reiki practitioner, and an all-around uh, spiritualist and feminist. Am I missing something else, too? No, you. I just wanted to add that piece, you know, when you said the Reiki, because I said I took the first part last year. Okay the second part of this year and it was like you know I was hemming and hawing in the moment I can't um, say what it is spirit told me to why I ended up taking it mm -hmm. but as I took it um, I got a clear message that now is my time to broadcast you know so that frequency like, okay what the information and I I am really present to, so which one of the clears, I don't know where this is, but on that practice, and since then, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm really present to being able to, I'm like, oh, okay, so that wasn't distance, and I want to be doing more distance Reiki, to hear <laughs> the ancestors of the people coming to me before I, I I go do their their Reiki session. So I was like, oh okay, you know, I said to I said to somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, um if you're open to while I'm doing your Reiki that I might be getting messages, then yeah. I don't know if everybody's open to that. You know what I mean? Maybe I won't get a message, but this is what I've been observing. So let me know if you know, so that was something that surprised me, right? That is yeah. huge. And I, I, I'm, now you've got me really kind of curious about maybe doing a session with you to see what vibrations and what the ancestors say to you because um, I started looking down that path myself um, about the messages they tell me where they started speaking to me, I want to say, a year ago or actually spring last year. And that's like when you started listening to them. That's right. When I started listening, you're right, because they, they, they could have been speaking to me all along. 
They've been speaking. Yeah, you're right. And once they, once I started listening, with the listening came the, what am I supposed to do with this? Right? right. Because I'm a person of action. So, right. um... Uh, there's things I've, I've started with that, but I, I am curious about um, maybe a Reiki session because I feel that there's a part of me that wants to connect with what the ancestors in my in the last, say, five generations or three, four generations are trying to tell me. They're, I know I'm unpacking a lot of that trauma. I know that um, now that it's been identified and revealed to me, I'm healing it, but... Um, I also feel, I'm starting to feel more strongly that there's a whole lot more to our purpose than what happened before my ancestors came here to this country. And we got disconnected to that purpose. Yeah. I, and I want to uh, refine what those ancestors were, were telling our generations before they came here. You know what I mean? That's I what I want to re-knit or I want to, to explore. So I do know what you mean. And I want you to, I don't want to say it like that because it isn't what I want. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with me. Wow, I'm intrigued. <laughs> no, like, so. So I love that we are all, in our conversation with ancestors now, and it's like really more um, conscious and congruent, right? And what I'm also present to is is the line. And I hardly ever see anything's linear, but yeah. in the line of like the constant and not even what they had, but what you're present to giving. Right. Right. Okay. So not even what, you know, you said about your son yeah. and your son, son, daughter, son, son, daughter. Right. So not that, not even that five, but what are you holding for the next five? Right. 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 Which is kind of the conversation that you're in is like, what is it here now? What is it that they're asking me now to teach you know, the future? Right, and not the <laughs> the the constant presence yeah. future. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Did you watch the TV show uh, Lovecraft Country? No. Okay, we will. We we should circle back and chat about that because there's spirituality. There's horror too, but there's spiritual elements to that TV show that uh, I'd be interested in your take on. Definitely. I gotta say that I saw it and I have crave and um, it's not for me. Okay. I, not okay. now. Not now. Eh? Yeah, like I, you know, I just there's some things on I know for me and right. there's and others I don't. No, and I agree. it's not for me. No, right you're, that's no problem. Yeah. 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 Well, how can our audience find you and reach you? By the way. Okay, so it's joanne.gaskin, or the www.joanne.gaskin.com. Okay, that's your I'm website. I'm I'm on Twitter as um, 
infinite potential or i am potential i probably have to check i'm on twitter i am on instagram as i have to um infinite potential spirit or i am potential um as well that's linked to my twitter and um yeah um yeah awesome well thank you so much for talking to me today i really enjoyed our discussion and i'll make sure to to uh put in the show liner notes your contact like your social media information as well okay thank you thank this was you. great i'm glad we had it you know i um we'll talk about another event possibly yeah i want to say so yes i'm gonna say october the 30th uh -huh. um halloween i am looking to do a workshop with um one people to it's okay. gonna be virtual okay and we're gonna talk about rituals and um you know basically the time and the day and all of that okay now you, have you picked october 30th for a reason is it because of the proximity to All Saints Day and Halloween spirit, like traditionally. Okay. There's so many reasons, and okay. you know that. So uh, that is intentional, though that day. Absolutely intentional. Okay. The full moon is again on the thirty-first. So okay. on the thirty-first, um, I actually, you know, I'm gonna say, it, wow, spirit, like I actually see a three-day some, you know, process. Oh, okay. The, the online. Um, for those who can only do the online, the um, gathering, and I know that has been changed and restricted, just like um, just like we did that Wednesday night, the bonfire and creating an intentional practice for the evening and for our ancestors, and then the first for our particular Caribbean ancestors with the the idea of all saints and lighting the candles right and like it's really you know it's really um we really have to be present to the work of having our spirit ourselves know that we're here generating ourselves right you know like like feeding the love back to our line right exactly right. and nourishing and healing it in the process exactly makes That's perfect exercise. sense yeah yeah well definitely you know uh give me the details and i of course i'll be happy to um you know highlight it in our group as well that's great and this was good i'm thank glad we did this and um thank you again for your patience in our start time today and um, this has been a recording of Miss Wiz Miss Widwicky Speaks, and we were talking cannabis and spirituality. Joanne Gaskins. So thank you for joining me on Miss Widwicky Speaks, and uh, this has been a blast for me. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It was great. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Miss Widwicky Podcast. And we thank you for your support. I've been